Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of your favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and some of the laughable moments in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. I mean, you don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. The first episode for Predator, we're talking about the first second of the movie through 10 minutes and 24 seconds. Now, Wikipedia described Predator as a sci-fi action horror movie, which so, seems like a lot. Because it's throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. That's seems, a lot. Seems, seems a little stick. <laughs> what, can you think of any other sci-fi action horrors that jump to mind? I'm thinking like Aliens. Aliens. It's only yeah. the only one that really sticks, sticks out. I mean, mate. Starship Troopers, that's kind of goofy though. Yeah, and that was and and Starship Troopers was so much later than those yeah. movies. Uh, back then, I'm sure there were other ones, but I can't really. I I think Predator and Alien were the two big ones that yeah. came out around around the same, same in the same time, decade. Yeah. yeah. So the movie opens with the shot from outer space, uh, spacecraft passing by Earth and shoots off some other little spacecraft that that comes down to Earth. Yeah. Now. If it wasn't for this shot, you would have no clue going into the movie that it was even like a sci-fi element. Now, we've seen the movie a thousand times, right? Right. And in hindsight, if they didn't put that scene in it, then we would have no idea that this was a sci-fi movie. We would have just been like some... Because I think Schwarzenegger had just made Commando right before this. So we're thinking this is just another cut and paste uh, military type film. But then they have this extra element that's added to it with this spacecraft dropping off a pod and you're and then they don't even touch on it again for like a minute so you're like what what was that opening scene like if you were like coming in late to the theater like still getting your popcorn and you missed that so yeah john mctiernan talked like like that was just the afterthought that the studio popped on the front i mean how do you think do you think it would have been better to not know what was going on or do you think that helps put you in the right mind frame that's that's a tricky question um I think as a storyteller, it would have been better not to show that scene because then you could have over time slowly revealed who the predator was. Mm-hmm. And it would have been like this huge twist at the end that it was this like this alien. But, you know, I, I'm not a movie producer. I'm not a studio. They were probably throwing a lot of money at this movie and they were afraid like, well, nobody's going to get what this is all about. So they had to include that one little scene that told you that it was a sci-fi thriller. I mean, I think it. I do think that that scene still works. I mean, because you still don't exactly know what's going on. Yeah. But I mean, it lets you. It it kind of lets you know there's going to be more to it than yeah. just I guess just man against man like fighting in the jungle or whatever. Yeah. And I don't. It's, it, this is in 1987. I don't remember any of the trailers or the commercials nah. for this movie, so I don't know how they portrayed the film. But I think it's an important opening scene. So they did that movie on a like a fifteen million dollar budget. What? Can you believe that? They only made that movie for fifteen million dollars. Now, I mean, if you get an actor to even show up <laughs> for for fifteen million dollars, you're doing good. That's like most independent films these days. It's I know, like fifteen million dollars. When they when they said that number, that blew my mind because I know even back then movies were still costing more than that, yeah. especially 
with a Schwarzenegger, like a big star that attached movie, to I, it. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that movie was made, only made for $15 million. That's I think crazy. Arnold wasn't quite making Arnold money. He wasn't at a that, star at that, that point. Not, not, yeah. you know, he had Terminator, but he barely talked in there. And then Commando, you know, yeah, we may, he we may wasn't, talk about Commando at some later time. But, but yeah, it's cheesy. It's I hard mean, to believe that that was like his first really big like movie role. Because yeah. he like before that, he had made just like Commando and Terminator. Conan. He, uh, and Conan. And so he wasn't this huge star at that point. But this I think really, Predator was the one that put really him on the like, map. Yeah, this one put him up, up there probably on Stallone level. Yeah. So the next scene is uh, the helicopter arrives at a South America location or Central America. Yeah. And you've got like these peasants looking, washing their clothes on the beach. And you've got like this military guy walking around with a gun. So it kind of establishes the tone of the movie early on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of, they're right on the beach. Yeah, they like, like right on the not, beach. They are like at high tide, they're probably getting their feet wet. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that's really where you would set up, but it looked good on yeah. camera. I don't I don't know if this is an editing thing, but I thought this was kind of funny when I was watching it the other day. They they land and then they get in a Jeep and then they go like ten feet and then they get <laughs> to the to the, the, the You know what? I mean and they could have easily walked that. They were driving those Jeeps like through the waves, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, come on, guys! Like, the waves was getting people's feet wet inside the jeep. Like, yeah. they were not, they were not trying to stay up on high ground. Yeah, they I were, feel like there was. I'm a, like, this is definitely all just for looks. Yeah, there wasn't. There was some kind of a editing thing going on right, right there. Yeah, so when they're they're pulling in the helicopter and you got that grizzled old general, yes. like watching, and then you got Carl Weathers and his button down and tie, like. Kind of chilling in the back room with like in the shadows. Yeah. So I want to give one little shout out. So the general you're talking about, his name is General Phillips in the movie, but the uh, actor, his name is R.G. Armstrong, and he is a UNC grad. Which uh, everybody, I went to Carolina. Uh, so yeah, there you go, Carolina Tar Heels <laughs> representing across the board. <laughs> Mike and I, we saw this movie only like about a month ago or something on a big screen yeah. here here in Atlanta, and I never really noticed a lot of the details about the movie until you see it on a giant screen but like when they're unloading from the helicopter like each guy's got like a signature kind of look yeah like they all have unique uh wardrobe on they're very very casual like you know you got jesse ventura and he's got like jeans and an mtv t-shirt on and then Sonny, uh, Lanham, uh, Billy got like a track suit on. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like he, that was in his, like he brought that from his own like closet. Came, okay. Yeah. And you uh, saw Bill Duke. Uh, in the Ma- suit. Maggie's coming out with like a, a full suit on. Like, yeah. It's so strange. It wasn't, uh, he was in Commando, right? Right. That's what So, he like, I feel like that was the same suit he wore in Commando. Like, he was like, coming <laughs> yeah, from that. that one mission to this mission right here. Right when Jesse Ventura opens the door, he spits on the ground. Do you think they told him to do that, or did he like ad lib that? I bet it was because that's part it, of his character. It was like Jesse's very first movie, though, so I bet that I bet that they told him to do that. I yeah. don't know that he was like savvy like that. Yeah. at that point, but I mean, it worked. All the dudes unload, and then you got Arnold like laying back, puffing away on like the biggest cigar you've ever seen in your yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I saw the the Carl Weathers scene with his, his introduction that kind of reminded me of like a very film noir Maltese Falcon look you know the guy mm-hmm. in the back room or like a Apocalypse Now or something like yeah with a fan going on guy yeah exactly of. that kind of reminded me of that and then to have Schwarzenegger in the background of the helicopter I felt like those two characters mirrored each other yeah they're so, like in a smoky kind of background yeah so it, it lets you know that these are two characters that we need to watch out for these like 
these are like these the, are the, the badasses. These like, are the badasses of this to, film. They don't need to move fast. Like they yeah. move at their own pace. Which leads up to a scene we're going to talk about in a second. Uh-huh. But so I feel like with the whole Arnold and the cigar and all that, like I feel like this was maybe the first time that in Arnold's career that he got to like sort of play a version of himself, like just a larger than life guy, you know, like, I mean, he's not the Terminator. He's not Conan. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this character, like seeing him in interviews and like on set behind the scenes, like it just sort of seemed like, like a man's this is man. more like a man's man. Like I'm more, I'm the most macho yeah, dude here. Exactly. Like, but, um, there was an interesting thing where Carl Weathers was talking about how, you know, Arnold comes around and he always had a big cigar in his mouth and he's, you know, smacking everybody on the back and everything like yeah. being everybody's best friend. And like Carl was like the real serious athlete. Like yeah. my body is my, is a temple and <laughs> I, you know, like I would never smoke, I would never drink and all this. And he said by the time they were done shooting, like he was hooked on knocking, knocking that whiskey. <laughs> and like, Arnold had him hooked smoking on Cubans. Cubans yeah. yeah. Um, I, we, we both listened to the commentary and I thought it was really interesting that John McTiernan, said that he wanted to match Arnold Schwarzenegger with a very like established or not even established but a very uh, a very good actor mm-hmm. and, uh, with physicality yeah so i didn't i didn't know that Carl Weathers was uh seen in such high regard back in those days but he had already made Rocky and he I did guess the Rocky, he'd already so, made Rocky too and he's and it, great i mean that yeah. was like the perfect part for Carl Weathers and he like, he had done other movies i'm sure at that time i mean but, his charisma is you know, up there yeah. with well, anybody. Makes like, me think, is he like, was he the most natural, probably him and like Bill Duke, were yeah. they the most natural actors? Because some of the other, like Shane Black, he was a writer and I don't know enough guys about Jesse. in that movie, I mean, aside from like, aside from Arnold, Carl Weathers had to be the most familiar face. Yeah. And Bill you know, Duke, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but Bill Duke's like more of like a, a classical, you know, like a theater yeah, type classic of guy. Yeah, classically And like a, I'm a tough guy with a gun or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I've, the, the characters he's played in these movies over so the years. Those dudes were like massive. You know, you see them all next to each other and you just like see, uh, you know, the guy Poncho mm-hmm. and Hawkins. And you're like, oh, those are little guys. But it's like, I didn't know that Bill Duke was like 6'4". I didn't know that. I didn't know and that Jesse either. Ventura, you know, he's like 6'7". And yeah. Was, and uh, Sonny is, you know, 6'3". And Carl is six huh. three. I'm like they were all just giants. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I that, until you just said that, I didn't know they were they were all that big. Yeah, so. I was like blown away when I was reading up and saw Bill Duke was six four. Wow. I'm like he doesn't strike. You know. Yeah, he didn't come off. That. He, I guess he's always doing scenes. I've really he's seen always sitting down. With Arnold. <laughs> he's like, okay, here's a guy who makes him look small. Exactly. All right. So um, the next shot is when they meet when Dutch, who is the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, meets General Phillips. And General Phillips basically tells him about the mission. He's like, uh, we sent out these diplomats. They got lost. Then we sent out somebody to recover them. And we haven't heard back from them also. So we need you guys to go in and find out what's happening. Um, Did they even tell him? I don't think they even told him that they sent another crew out. They they didn't tell him about the second crew? Now that we're talking about it, I don't remember. I can't remember either. But I, he definitely, that's the part where they... He told me, yeah, that these dudes got lost. Yeah. Arnold was kind of skeptical yeah. from the get-go. He's like, you know, these guys, what, do they always fly on the wrong side of the border? Yeah, and that was a, a really important shot in that scene because Carl Weathers gives a look to General Phillips, like this kind of like knowing like, look. Yeah. Like, oh. And it, it's the first Arnold already. Arnold already knows. Like, yeah, it was like that well, look no, of like, oh, Arnold already knows that... 
this that our story doesn't make a, a lot of sense. Oh, I didn't get that. I got that they Arnold was kind of like just in the moment of the of whatever story they were telling him, and Carl Weathers was like, ah, he doesn't know the real story of why we're going down here, oh. and that's why he gave that that look to General Phillips. I think I think Carl Weathers is running the whole show. Oh, absolutely. Like I think he he knows exactly that they're not given that they were going to tell Arnold a story. Yeah. Lure him and the crew in there. Yeah, I agree. So that was like, to me, that was like the first instance of, oh, there's something more to this whole story that we know that's being led on. You know, I got a theory. This is a get off on a, a side note here, but I had a theory that everyone, like the very best characters in movie history were all named Dutch. (laughs) <laughs> really all I got is is Arnold in Predator and then uh, Chad McQueen in Karate Kid another one of my no, favorite his character's name is Dutch one of the lesser known Cobra Kais what about my um, favorite Cobra Kai uh, what's that movie what's that show Married with Children uh, what's yeah. the father in that show Ed O'Neill Ed O'Neill he played a, a character called Dutch didn't I didn't he? see that one but I bet he's awesome yeah <laughs> on the behind the scenes they asked Arnold to describe his character and he he described Dutch as He's real ballsy. He's the top of the line. He's incredible. <laughs> I was like, this is so This Arnold. is in the commentary? Like, yeah. No, he's like, he's the top of the line. <laughs> like, how do you, you don't describe a human being <laughs> as top of the line. Like, this movie <laughs> symbolizes <laughs> the 80s like no other oh, movie. Oh, man. It's like Reagan era. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's all. Big hair, big muscles, big money. Uh-huh. No doubt. But um, I also thought I was telling that, like, the Dylan character, Carl Weathers, He's like letting the general do all the talking and he's just laying back in the cut. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of like he doesn't necessarily need to talk until until he needs to talk. So when Dylan introduces himself to that scene, there is a and Dutch turns around. They're obviously really familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. And there was like and Dutch was almost happy to see him. He was like, oh, my oh God, yeah. I haven't seen you in so long. What, like like, what's up? Exactly. To me, that's an important moment in the movie because it. Dutch is already kind of like wary of what's going on with this mm-hmm. whole uh, mission. And then he sees Dylan in right, the background. Like he's a guy he can trust. And he sees this guy he can trust. So at that point, he's like, I think all his um, barriers kind of go down. He's yeah. like, oh, shit, if, if you're a part of this, then it must be okay. I did sort of think that like Dutch being like the ultimate, you know, whatever special forces type guy that he is, it's like. I found out like maybe a little stretch belief that like he didn't notice Dylan sitting back in there. Like he seems like he's always, yeah. you know, a guy who's like always aware of his surroundings. Maybe that's how but, good like, Dylan is. He didn't notice like buff ass, you know, <laughs> Dylan. Nah, it's got that back kind in of the, mysterious the yeah, film I mean, noir. Like the I was scene played earlier. out perfectly. Yeah, but I'm just like you know when we were really breaking it down, I was like. Uh, you know, I feel like he would have noticed every single person in the room, and if his like his former best friend or whatever was in there, should they have introduced Dylan's character at that moment, or should they have introduced him? I think prior. He got, I think he got the best introduction, like in the history yeah. of movies, man. Dylan, Dylan you <laughs> son of a bitch. Dylan, you son of a bitch. The testosterone was just oozing yeah, yeah, out yeah. of every pore. <laughs> These guys, yeah. that was like the freaking arm wrestle, man. Yeah, yeah. So that leads Whose us into the idea was that. Ah, uh, you know, I, 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 so we, like I said, we listened to the commentary, and I didn't. I'm surprised Materna didn't talk about the scene because when I think about that movie, I think about the Predator, and I think about that handshake that's, scene. Like to me, that's the iconic 
image for the movie. That that is so. Just, it's only it's just mu- it's just big sweaty. Very muscles. symbolic of the eighties. Like everything's big. When we were when we saw the movie in the theater, we were like, "This mm. is gotta be the most macho movie. Muy this, macho. This, <laughs> the most macho movie that's ever been made. Exactly. It's like." Every dude is just jacked. And like, a, every dude's like, who? who's tougher? That is a man's man's movie right there. I mean, I, it seemed like an afterthought that they even dropped a female into the cast. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and I'm surprised like, she wasn't uh, like in a bikini running through the, <laughs> right. through the woods. And Arnold, like they got uh, on the behind the scenes, Arnold's like cuddling up with the actress. And he's like, oh, I like this job. Yeah, like, yeah, of course you It's do. like, Arnold, you such a just such a sleaze yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, I, you gotta love in hindsight guy, yeah, yeah. No, we know he's now just like oh I mean you know he was living the life man I mean he was from Austria like he came over here and he <laughs> they're just more progressive the, over there Arnold is the American dream he really he is. is the American dream like he was like a poor kid in Austria and, and he's, he's like, like the governor of the richest state yeah, in the country from yeah. where he began to where he where, yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta admire that man's hustle I mean he may not be like the best actor but he Makes it work, man. I mean, he had just the charisma, I guess, and everyone loves him. And so you, know, you said that, but like, what movie was he a bad actor in? Oh come on! I mean, he's no seriously. I mean, I think it's probably the act. Like much like Van Damme, it's like it's just hard to get past the accent. I can see where Van like, Damme's a bad actor. He was straight up a bad actor in Commando. Really? To say it, he was good in Conan because Conan was kind of one note. Um, Terminator so, was perfect for him because you just get to play an emotionless cyborg. So is he this just that intriguing that I can overlook his bad acting? He's got man, but he it's like one scene he'll be terrible. I feel like, but then he's really committed to the role. So even if he is acting badly, he gets past that with his charisma and his charm and his like just presence on film. So I, I've, I, I honestly I didn't see Red Heat. But I can't oh, think th- of... Those early movies are bad. Were bad? Yeah. I mean, they're still fun to watch. Yeah. And maybe we're going to watch them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he should be up for Academy Award in, in these movies. Yeah, but Red I, Heat, Raw Deal. Yeah. These but I can't, some, I can't be like, well, he was a bad actor in that movie. He, uh, McTiernan talked about, he liked to come to the scene and he liked to watch Carl Weathers work, even when it wasn't a scene that he was in, just because yeah. he was like, you know, you... That was his dedication. Like, See him yeah. taking those mental notes and like, oh, this is how like a, a muscle guy or yeah. whatever on you know can kind of whatever play or not a trained actor you know like yeah. Paul Weathers you know come from the world of athletes or athletics. Was he a pro football player? Pro football player, but you know he sort of was just a natural charismatic guy and found the right roles mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make that work for him. So mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, man, the the. The damn arm wrestling, though. Back to the <laughs> arm wrestling. I mean, and like it even tells you a lot about the characters because like Arnold is there; he's cool as can be. You know, mm-hmm. he's like just talking, shooting the breeze. What's the matter, Dylan? See how you got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> so and I'm- like. Uh, and you know, Carl Weathers' voice is kind of cracking. He's got the sweat rolling down his forehead. And he's like, huh, "Make it easier on yourself." Is it <laughs> is like, it weird that Carl Weathers gave in first? I don't think he. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's gave. I mean, is it give in or did uh, he, he gave just in. lose? Yeah, he was like, well, he okay, was okay. Lose. He was like, he knew okay, he was okay. going to lose, right? Yeah. I mean, who's going to beat Arnold? 
arm wrestling. Oh, Jesse Ventura wouldn't have given in. Uh, maybe, what about, or maybe Stallone in a, if, over if, the top. If it had been Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura, then that whole movie arm. would have been about them just that one handshake. Just our measuring dicks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the uh, two-hour Two hours of an arm wrestling match. <laughs> uh, or Sonny Lanham. That would have been uh, just yeah, all that whole that he would have, like, had that scene. Would have been like they would five have to minutes, break his arm to like, beat him. 15 different angles, <laughs> <laughs> like a close up of the sweat dripping down the brow. <laughs> but so at any rate, you know, Carl Weathers kind of convinces him that he's got to go along and do this mission that like he's the only he's their only hope. Um, then Dylan says, you know, he's like, well, I'm coming with you. And and uh, Dutch is like, you know, my team works alone. Yeah. But he's like, well, not, you know, we all have our orders. And that's when General Phillips gives that very cliche like well we all have our order soldier yeah. uh, which you see in almost every single military movie and i mean i think you know i guess dutch knows dylan he feels like he's a guy he can trust in the field yeah. he's probably been in the shit with him before they had to establish that trust factor I do, they never really tell how like what their background was together though right do you think they were like commandos together like on a well, whatever uh, green berets or they don't know. necessarily establish like any missions they went on, but mm-hmm. they do establish that they're familiar with each other. Yeah, I mean, and there's that trust like, level. They've been in combat together, and they know each tell. other, and so Dylan definitely trusts him. They, like, must, they probably served like when they were both military guys. They yeah. served together, and then they've gone their separate ways since they got out. What if Carl Weathers had been like some like green behind the wet behind the ears rookie that? Is like leading the mission. Would that oh, movie have worked? Arnold, as, that would not. Arnold, I don't think he would have overpowered the, that guy. Dutch would not have. He would have pulled his crew out. Probably. Yeah. He would not have let them like go we're not going to go on this mission. Like, a, like you're talking aliens when they send Paul Reiser exactly. in there to be like a or not corporate even Paul, guy. Not even Paul Reiser. Oh, the, the, uh, the, the yeah, lieutenant. The, the lieutenant. Yeah, that dude. Well, how many missions have you been Roman. on, lieutenant? Well, including uh, uh, how pra- many combat drops and pri- uh, in, including practice one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he convinces them that they're gonna that he's gonna come with, and they just cut right to the whole cruise, like in the helicopters. Yep. They're, uh So I also thought it was interesting they let all these guys have their own wardrobe coming out of the helicopter for about ten seconds of screen time because the whole rest of the movie they're all dressed exactly the same. Yeah, well, well they <laughs> were. They got little differences. Well, but. So the whole setup of the first scene to me was everybody's kind of like relaxed, everything status quo. We've d- been here, done that. They uh, were cool as hell coming yeah. out. Like they were all yeah, dressed in their whatever they felt comfortable yeah. in. Like they'd all been in this situation a hundred times yeah. before. They're all on the helicopter and they're they're all kind of joking around, telling jokes, like talking you know, smack to each other. It's like they've done this a hundred times before. So it's this this one mission, going going to find uh, a crew out in the wood in the jungle is no big thing to them, which yeah. I think is is really important because they have no idea what they're about to get themselves right. into. Right, they've never seen anything they couldn't handle yeah. before. And, you know, uh, Dylan has that line when he's trying to convince him to come along, like, oh, I heard about that job you pulled in Berlin, in Berlin. very nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they must just, these guys stay steady working. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're in demand. They're like, like the a rescue. They're like, right, they're like the rescue <laughs> squad. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's like, no, we don't, you know, this is, we, we do exclusively rescue missions. How can you not like guys like that? They're, yeah. they're not mercenaries who are going around, you know, assassinating Castro or they go, whatever. They like, are, go in and pull people out of dangerous situations. Exactly. It's like, so oh, they're the good they're guys. They're just 100% good guys. They're the good guys. Except unlike the A-team, they actually kill people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> A-team will shoot a thousand rounds of ammunition and nobody ever gets hit. What do you think about Jesse Ventura spitting on uh, Dylan's shoot? Man, it was all... 
I mean, that whole scene is just all like toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like who's the toughest fucker on this? Yeah. Why didn't Car- like why didn't Carl Weathers just punch him in the face? I don't know. I thought the way he responded was kind of cool though. Like he's like that's a nasty. He pulled habit. him in real close because you thought like. And then he just tells him that's not cool. Oh, yeah, that's a real nasty habit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like, I don't, I think they took care. Like, you're trying to test me, but I ain't falling for your they bullshit. T- <laughs> they took care on that helicopter ride to like let every character have a little moment. Yeah. Like a little glimpse into what they're like. So so Hawkins is introduced in this scene. And he's like reading the comic book or whatever. Yeah, he's got his glasses he's on. Like he's kind of like, like, maybe he's the smarter kind of nerdy guy yeah. or whatever in the crew. And he's the one telling the he's one the one that's telling Bring the jokes. The pussy jokes. Yeah, exactly. Let's just call it what it is. Well, let's I mean. just call it what it is. And I'm glad you said that because what I was going to say is there's a lot of language in that scene where I'm like, there's no way they would say that today. Like there's like the oh, Jesse Ventura. Jesse, like, I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we won't say, say what home, he says. Homophobic. But, Exactly. Uh, word. And it's yeah. just like, he just drops it like it's nothing. Exactly. Like, he says it all the time. But there's not, no way that would, like, fly in a movie today. He's himself a sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a they, goddamn they, sexual tyrannosaurus. Did they let him write his own lines? Like, this is straight out of WWE. Do you think Jesse Ventura said that, like, in a club, like, to meet a chick or something like uh, that? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, every character had their little moment in there. You know, we get to see, uh, what did I'm trying to think what Billy got to do. Billy, uh, Billy is kind of quiet at this point. He's still like he's the to me in that whole scene. He's the only one that's like got the mission on his mind. Mm-hmm. Like he's like locked in. He's ready to go. Yeah, the other guys are kind of all horsing around a little bit. I would say he Chavez got, uh, is second, and uh, Mac, uh, Bill Duke is yeah. like there. He's got the razor, like nervous yeah, tick, like exactly shaving his face, which comes back later on. Yeah. I never even noticed. I'd never even noticed that until you just now said that. Like he's exactly. shaving they, his like, face, and they bring that, it back later on. I mean, Bill Duke's an actor. Yeah, you know, he's like the actor among this group of like muscle men. Yeah. So did Bill Duke's come up with that nervous tick of like shaving his face with I the bet, razor, I, and they I just incorporated it into I the movie? They, I bet you they told the actors all come up with some little stuff, and if it, whatever works, we'll keep. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I mean, maybe it was written into the script that uh, that Blaine chewed tobacco, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just that Jesse chewed tobacco, and yeah. they, like uh, you got Schwarzenegger with his cigars. Like we know that was really like that was his life. You know? I've written scripts. You've written scripts. Are you ever that de- that descriptive in your scripts? I mean, uh, to a T, like to a T, probably with how the if, character. If so, it was probably not stuff that necessarily like, worked. Because I yeah. feel like these all work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say they had um, an interview with like the makeup guy on the on the special features, and he was talking about how like each guy's face camo was like meant to be like mm-hmm. tell you something about that guy. Yeah. Like um, Arnold's was very bold and strong, yeah. and then Carl Weathers was kind of like a little bit more uh, subdued and like sophisticated. And um, Sonny's they said Sonny Lanham's like was meant to like look like. Native American war paint. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, let's yeah. just say they weren't, they painted with some broad brushes. Yeah. yeah. In this. I, I always mean, enjoy stuff like that, that kind of like subliminal stuff yeah. that they don't talk about. But like, if you know your material, you're like, oh, that guy's wearing this face paint because of this reason or this guy's, yeah. that's a, to, to it me. It tells you something about like the personality in a way that yeah. is subliminal. Like, Or it say. tells you something about the director and like mm-hmm. how, how deep they're going into the film. Yeah. And like, they said Bill Dukes, like, they made his... I mean, he's already a dark-skinned dude. And they made him, like... They said they went even darker with his, his uh, his like, camo. Yeah. To make him even, like, more kind of shadowy and mysterious or whatever. But gotcha. 
I will say for I mean for eighty six, this is like or eighty seven. This is a pretty like diverse cast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean you, you got like three three fact, white dudes, two black dudes, and Native it, American, and I was about a to Latino. Say, is it diverse because there's a Native American in it? <laughs> no, nah, I mean they got ponchos like Latino. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, very true. Yeah, you just had like. Rocky Four, where it's like two white dudes fighting for the heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. But that was after Rocky Three with yeah. Mr. T. So yeah, but I'm just, I give them props for like thinking outside the box yeah. and like trying to be, you know, with the exception of women, somewhat you know pretty inclusive. And even we'll cast. get to that later on, but she's a pretty good character too. Yeah, there was like um, more to her than you know meets the eye. I guess as a as a as a young black male. Uh, when you see Carl Weathers up there on the screen, you're like, "Oh, well, I can really, I can do that also." So he's that's like right of, there, side by yeah, side with Schwarzenegger. It's really right? inspiring to see stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and for that time, like now, you know, it's kind of like it'd stick out at you if it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, diversity in the cast. But man, back then, I mean, I feel like that was kind of like they were going out of their way to, I feel like, try to represent, you know, a lot of different groups. Yeah, I can there. see that. So I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it was perfectly cast. It's just a great movie all around. But. And one, the one last thing that we were just talking about before we started taping was like, this is the one scene in the whole movie where there's like a pop song playing. Like the whole rest is just, you know, instrumental score. And I just thought it was like strange to, I mean, granted, this was the one time probably that there would be like a natural source for music. Like these mm-hmm. dudes weren't taking, you know, a boombox in the jungle, but. I guess they, at the very end scene, they could have had one too. But. Yeah, flying back out. <laughs> yeah. But, um. I just thought it was a strange, strange to have one pop song. It always sticks out to me when there's like yeah. it's mostly in, mostly instrumental, and then one song is in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I, so what, the song was "Long Tall Sally," right? Yeah, Little Richard. Yeah, Little Richard. It's a so, good song. It's a good song. It gets what, you pumped up. Too. What makes you, why, why did they choose that song? Like, is that the most like like was this pilot? It was like that's all he had. Exactly. Was like best of Little Richard. <laughs> exactly. I like, mean, is, like if I'm about to go into combat, is that the song I want to hear? You know, of the. You know, at least hey, it wasn't Rock and Robin. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they came in with uh, been be- one been worse. that you could kind of rock with. Yeah, it could have been worse. Definitely. But um, and maybe it came cheap. Very true. Uh, that, so, actually, that, that gets us up to our stopping point for this episode. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so we're going to get into, we're going to stop for now, but we're going to check us out next time for episode two. We're going to talk about minutes 1025 to 2020. All right, we'll see you then. All right, see you then. <laughs>